from coast to coast to coast. You're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Terra Informa. In Edmonton, Alberta, the home base of Terra Informa, a pretty big change rolled in last spring. I remember the day pretty well. It was a spring morning and a big truck parked outside our house to make a very special delivery to the neighborhood. Brand new garbage and compost bins. This week, we are airing a guest documentary made by community service learning students at the University of Alberta that dives into the why behind Edmonton's new waste collection system. I'm Hannah Cunningham, and I'll be your host for the next half hour of environmental news, stories, and ideas. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was produced in Treaty 6 territory, in Meskwitsiwaskaigan, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from local officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. This week, we are airing an audio documentary created by Cindy Eisman and Christy Kwan, two community service learning students from the University of Alberta. This documentary explores the whys behind the change that was made to Edmonton's waste collection system in the spring of 2021, featuring input from experts in the industry. Before we dive into the documentary, for those of you who aren't from Edmonton, here's a quick rundown on Edmonton's garbage collection system before and after the change in 2021. Pre-2021, if you were an Edmontonian putting out your garbage for pickup, it would look something like this. You would have your own garbage bin that you got from wherever, filled with bags of garbage that included food waste and organics. We did not have a city-run compost collection system. You would also put out blue bags of recycling, and garbage was picked up every week. In the spring of 2021, our garbage collection system changed. Now, when you put out your garbage, it looks more like this. Everyone has the same garbage bin. You can choose from two different sizes, a standard size and a smaller size, that you still put your regular garbage in. But now, your food scraps and organics go into a separate green bin that is also collected by the city. We don't have a blue bin, and blue recycling bags and other recyclables are set out separately. The garbage and organics bins are picked up by a truck with an automated arm that dumps it into the back of the truck. And garbage is no longer picked up every week, but every two weeks. So why the change? Well, let's find out from Cindy and Christy. Enjoy. (laughs) 
In the spring of 2021, the City of Edmonton began rolling out a new cart program for collecting household waste. Instead of just setting out black bags containing everything, Edmontonians are now being asked to separate their food waste from everything else. On top of that, there is now an upper limit to how much solid waste can be set out, and it is only being picked up every other week. My name is Cindy. And I'm Christy, and we embarked on a journey to find out why. Why did the city change from black bag to black bin? What do they hope to accomplish with this switch? Will it actually make a difference? Why is the compost bin so big? The answers to these and other burning questions are coming up. Stay tuned. To understand where Edmonton's waste management strategy is now, we need to look at where it's been. Back in 2012, Edmonton was diverting no more than 15% of its waste from the landfill. The goal was to reach 90% waste diversion in just three years by opening facilities to produce biofuel and to accept construction and demolition waste. Edmonton would be a global leader in waste management with a system where all waste was thrown into the same bag, yet the vast majority of it would be diverted from the landfill. These were ambitious waste goals. So how did we do? An audit conducted in 2018 found that waste diversion was hovering around just 35%. What's more, the highest it ever reached was 50%, far short of the 90% goal. In an interview with Global News Edmonton, the city attributed this shortfall to the inclusion of commercial and demolition waste in the auditor's calculations. The city clarified that the 90% goal only refers to residential waste, not commercial and demolition waste. The 2018 audit also found that Edmonton's waste management spending no longer aligned with the internationally accepted solid waste management hierarchy, which indicates prevention and reuse as the most sustainable methods of waste reduction. In other words, if we think about reduce, reuse, recycle as the gold, silver, and bronze of waste management strategies, Edmonton has been focused on the third strategy without considering the first two, which are more impactful. In 2019, the city reportedly diverted only 21% of residential waste from the landfill, the lowest rate in a sustained downward trend since the beginning of the program seven years earlier. Thus, the city started talking about a change to its waste management strategy. Rather than focusing on waste diversion, Edmonton would pivot to waste reduction. Edmonton is far from the first municipality to implement a system where waste is sorted at the source. Germany, for example, has been focusing on waste prevention over diversion since 1972. They are currently the world leader in waste management. German waste sorting uses up to seven colored bins for separating materials. There are separate bins for paper, plastic, metal, glass, food waste, recyclables, and residual waste. 
which is what we would put in our black bin. Germans have had their amount of residual waste since 1985, and there are still improvements to be made better sorting. For example, bio-waste, what we would put in our green bins, still accounted for over one-third of what Germans put into their residual waste. Even cities across Canada have had waste sorting in place for years, places like Vancouver, Toronto, and even Calgary, which has had green and black carts in place since 2012. To get a better understanding about the cart system, I talked to Dr. Hamid Zaman. He's the general supervisor at the City of Edmonton Waste Services and adjunct professor at the University of Alberta. So I asked Dr. Zaman, why did the city change from black bag to black bin? Using carts help actually maintain the stable utility rate and allows us for safer waste collection and more effective and efficient processing. So processing each waste stream separately is a more sustainable way of managing municipal waste. There is less contamination and less effort and technology required to remove those contamination. So the downstream processing becomes more efficient. We are able to process the organics and the yard waste into beneficial products like compost and power. In addition to Dr. Zaman, we also talked to Jody Goebel, the City of Edmonton's Waste Strategy Director. The reality is, and it's very, very common in other cities and throughout the waste industry, that sorting waste at the source is one of the best ways to help keep waste out of landfill. And you can kind of imagine it if you put, you know, a whole bunch of different colored sand into a jar and shake it up. The idea that you're ever going to separate that back out into its original colors is, you know, really impossible. It's expensive. It sounds tedious. And the same is true of waste. When waste is mixed in a black bag, as it used to be very often in Edmonton, it's just difficult and it's never quite successful to sort that out into the kinds of streams that we can then process into beneficial end products. So at the end of the day, sorting waste at home is an important part of our waste strategy and we intend to introduce that across all of the waste sectors in Edmonton. We wanted to know what other people thought about the new waste collection system. So Christy and I polled residents in our respective neighborhoods, completely unscientifically. We posted in the Rutherford community page on Facebook, the Edmonton subreddit, and onto multiple community forums on the Nextdoor platform and received nearly 100 responses. Perhaps predictably, answers ran the gamut from enthusiastic support to complete rejection, with one respondent saying, I do not separate my food from my garbage, nor will I ever. It's garbage. Take it. Take it all weekly. Other answers were more supportive of the change. Several respondents said that the new system had made them more aware of the type and amount of waste they were producing, and as a result, they changed their habits. However, the same criticisms kept coming up. Those with larger families or with small children complain that the garbage bin is too small and the pickups are too infrequent. With no back alleys, bin storage is an issue. In the winter, compost freezes to the bin and does not get collected. In the summer, the compost smells bad. Many people also noted that the compost bins are too big. So we asked Jody, why are the compost bins so big? 
the answer was interesting in a boring sort of way. It just happens to be sort of the smallest standard size that we can pick up really effectively with the automated arms that are off the side of our collection trucks now. So you can imagine that the smaller those carts get, um, the harder it is to pick up by that truck, the more unstable they are when you set them back down on the ground. There's another reason Jody gave, and that's to help residents begin to think about yard waste differently. You think about the river valley, there's no yard waste in the river valley. Um, And we want Edmontonians to be shifting their thinking about whether there needs to be yard waste the way that we've always disposed of it in the past. But for folks who are very used to disposing of yard waste, maybe that's their grass clippings, whatever the case may be, the bigger green cart lets them top up that organic waste into the food scraps cart as a way to help sort of slowly get towards reducing their overall yard waste. Dr. Zaman also spoke to why garbage pickup has moved to every other week. It really helps us reduce the waste, which is part of our waste strategy. And it's less traffic on the road. The collection becomes more efficient as well. And it allows the citizens to sort more appropriately and then put the organics in the green cart and the garbage in the black cart. And the black and green carts are just the first step. So essentially, we have a 25-year waste strategy that outlines how we're transforming our system and really changing behaviors and outcomes in the city to be able to achieve true waste reduction and then 90% diversion from landfill. Whereas the focus up to this point has been on recycling, that's actually the third part of reduce, reuse, recycle. The city's 25-year waste management plan is trying to focus on the first part, reduction. As much as we want to keep the waste that we're making out of landfill over the long term, we just want to make less waste. The idea of managing waste by making less of it is nothing new. It's part of a larger concept called the circular economy. The Ellen MacArthur Foundation, a UK charity working to accelerate the move to the circular economy, describes the circular economy as breaking away from the linear process of our current economy, where we take materials from the earth make products from them, and eventually throw them away as waste. The circular economy decouples economic activity from the consumption of finite resources. What the heck does that mean? Christina Seidel, Executive Director of the Recycling Council of Alberta, helped us break that down. The idea of circular economy is that it is not just about a particular activity like recycling. It is about making sure that we have the best environmental outcomes and that we really treasure our resources and make use of them to the like the most beneficial use of our resources on an ongoing basis. In a linear economy, the assumption we've made all along is that waste is inevitable. We just need to get better at managing it. That I mean, (laughs) that's that's really not going to get us where we need to to be. It's a little bit defeatist to say that. Instead, we need to look at how can we actually make less waste in the first place? How can our systems not assume that waste is inevitable? Because it doesn't have to be. We can be much smarter about design so that we produce less waste in the first place. Jody concurs. There are some things that we can do with our waste that are better than others. The best thing that we can do is rethink whether something needs to be waste in the first place. Unfortunately, 
we've got a lot of room for improvement. Edmontonians make a lot of waste. Albertans make a lot of waste. Canadians make a lot of waste. So if you compare us to the rest of Canada or to the rest of the world, we've got a long way to go. But I, as an individual, don't necessarily have control over the packaging of the products I buy. One need only walk down the bakery aisle or the produce aisle in a grocery store to see all the plastic clamshells and plastic bags being used. And that is one that is starting to be addressed through a number of municipalities across the country. But it is also being addressed by Environment Canada. So Environment Canada now has a plan where they are going to, I hate to use the word, but they're going to ban certain materials that basically are unnecessary single-use items that simply are too likely to become not only an incredible waste of resources, but also become harmful to the environment. And Environment Canada is doing that through their federal powers, which they haven't really dealt with waste that much because waste tends to be the jurisdiction of the provinces. And so Environment Canada now is doing this through their Environmental Protection Act because they recognize the severe consequences that things like a large amount of single-use plastics can have on the environment. So it gives them the authority to actually create national policies around things like single-use items. Now the producers themselves that make the products are starting to recognize that there needs to be changes. And so we're starting to see movements like, for example, there's the Canada Plastics Pact, which has a lot of the big producers like Procter & Gamble, Unilever as members that are looking at approaches for actually not are coming up with alternatives or at the very least to make sure that those materials can all readily re-enter the system through recycling so that they can be made back into the very similar product. And in Alberta, there's also the Plastics Alliance of Alberta, which is looking at similar, similar concepts because we as Albertans, we produce a lot of plastic. We are a major plastic producer. And those leaders that actually are starting to drive change within the plastics industry know that they need to step up and we need to have better systems so that, again, that you you think of from a circular economy point of view, you think of the whole system and you think of not just how do I design the best product, but how do I make sure that that product then has longevity and can be a, a valuable part of the economy for a very long time. This isn't going to be a quick fix. It requires many different players, from government to consumers to producers, all working together to change our behaviors when it comes to waste, and to make sure that, collectively, we are making sustainable and environmentally responsible choices. So what can I, as one person, do? The first thing you can do is know how to sort your waste. The City of Edmonton has launched WasteWise, an app to help us learn what goes where. That is, whether something should be reused, recycled, or taken to an eco-station, or placed in the garbage. Christy and I both downloaded it after learning about it from Dr. Zaman, and found it really easy to use. It also has a little sorting game, which is actually really fun. You get to build your own park. 
You can also search specific items to find out where they should go. Finally, it comes in 13 languages in addition to English, which is really cool. We recommend checking it out. One thing in particular that the game reinforced for us is that pizza boxes can be recycled. Unless they're dripping, you know, even if there's a bit of, you know, oil from your pizza, whatever the case may be, we can process that cardboard back into, or we can sell that cardboard to be made back into new cardboard. And so it's one simple example of where we would sometimes see those in the garbage and we would love to see them in the blue bag. Another thing to be aware of, even though the app doesn't specifically mention it, stickers, you know, the kind that come on produce. I think as people get used to sorting food scraps, um, we're really trying to make them aware that they do have to sort out the food packaging from the food scraps. So even the sticker that might be on the banana peel that you're putting into your food scraps cart, definitely the plastic wrap that might have been wrapped around something that's going in there needs to be removed before you put it into the green cart. We also asked both Jody and Christina what they would say to the residents who have chosen to arrange for private waste pickup to deal with their excess garbage. You know, I think we definitely don't want to be the garbage police. <laughs> what we're trying to do is make sure that we understand what Edmontonians are really experiencing, but help them understand that the way that we used to generate and dispose of waste just isn't sustainable. And it's not something that we see as part of Edmonton's future. So for those who are, you know, still finding it hard to shift into the new system, we definitely want to help them understand how the city services can continue to meet their needs. Um, so in some cases, you know, having to take waste to an eco station or, you know, store yard waste for seasonal yard waste collection is different um, than what they might have done in the past. We're really trying to make sure our service continues to meet the needs of Edmontonians, even if it might be, you know, about shifting the way that they manage and store their waste. But at the end of the day, we do hope that Edmontonians will realize we just need to think differently about how we generate waste and how we're disposing of that waste because the past methods and habits that we've had aren't sustainable. So we will get there and, and we know that everyone will move at a bit of their own pace. Well, I think this is an example of bottom line is people don't like change and they don't adjust to change very well. There is no technical reason. Those carts are not too small for anybody, but it, there is that immediate sort of um, reaction it's almost like a gut reaction of, okay, this is, this is not going to work for me. This is not going to be enough, but that's got more to do with the system changing than it does to do with the actual technical realities of the system. And this is where I would hope that the city would actually really help residents with things like if somebody really is concerned about the size of their cart, they may, for example, if, if they, if they had somebody who was a real keener, in their neighborhood could sit down with them and say, you know, this is what I do. And as a result, this cart is actually almost too big for me, if anything. Uh, but, but they need that interaction and they need somebody to actually hold their hand a bit and say, you know what, this is, this is actually how this can work. Um, it's, it's really easy to just get uh, reactive and almost a bit draconian and say, okay, well, we're just going to force this on everybody People will figure this out, but they mean, may need some help along the way. And, and that education and support can make such a difference. Of course, you should recycle and you should compost. Absolutely. Like 
Don't ever let any organics go in your garbage. But up front, the whole reduction piece, you have a lot more power than most people realize. And it's interesting because we're hearing now with the supply chain chain issues that we're having in society now, that a lot of people are being driven to that, that maybe wouldn't have tended to do that before. But as they're actually, they're, they're almost being forced to embrace things like reuse and to, to repair things. But it's interesting because they're actually recognizing as they do that, but that they can actually function very adequately and in some ways better. And I think they feel better about it as well. So I think you're starting to almost see that shift enter society. There has to be some good things that come out of COVID and maybe that's one of them. In the production of this episode, we can genuinely say that we both learned a lot. Before starting this project, I had no idea that the new waste management strategy is actually part of a much larger and long-term plan to reduce the amount of waste that ends up in landfills. I also had no idea that the changes being made were all smaller parts of a larger plan aimed at long-term waste reduction in the city. One of the things that I struggled with was finding information on the city's website. Yeah, me too. I'm like a dog with a bone, though. I don't give up easily. Hardy har. What do you want our listeners to take away from our project? I hope that this can help more individuals understand why this change in system needed to be made. And in recognizing that, it encourages more to do their part in helping our city with waste reduction. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that the city did not make this change lightly. And the bottom line is that our current behaviors are unsustainable. We need to change our habits when it comes to producing waste, and it will take all of us, consumers, producers, and government, doing our part. We'd like to extend our sincerest thanks to Jody Goebel, the city's Waste Strategy Director, Dr. Hamid Zaman, the General Supervisor for the City's Waste Services, as well as Christina Seidel, Executive Director of the Recycling Council of Alberta, for taking the time to speak with us. Music was Tunes by Halizna. Thanks for listening! Thank you to Cindy Eisman and Christy Kwan for creating this audio documentary. If you are interested in where Canada's single-use plastic ban is at currently, you can listen to our June News Roundup episode for an update. That is all the time we have for this week. I've been your host, Hannah Cunningham. Thanks for listening.
Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. You can reach us for comments or questions via email, terra at cjsr.com, or message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Terra Informa. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. Catch you next week, right here on Terra Informa. <laughs>